0: Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from John 17, 11 through 19. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to John in your Bible. <clears throat> In themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in your truth, your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth.
1: That's the word of the Lord for us. Well, do you know, do you know anybody who's kind of paranoid? Anybody, anybody who's kind of paranoid? I, I could be that way. You're shaking your head really hard, yeah. Well, one of my, one of my favorite shows is uh, The Big Bang Theory. And Sheldon Cooper is a little bit, well, he's a little bit paranoid, so go ahead and watch this. If you go to the next slide, it should be the... Yeah.
0: Hi, guys. Hey. Did you get my mail? Yeah, right here. How was Nebraska? Oh, better than North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess that joke's only funny in Nebraska. <laughs>
0: From the data at hand, you really can't draw that conclusion. All you can say with absolute certainty is that that joke is not funny here.
1: Boy, it's good to be back.
0: How's your family?
1: Oh, it was the worst trip. Everyone got sick over the weekend.
0: Sick? Here we go. What kind of sick? Sick.
1: Oh, the flu, I guess.
0: I don't need you to guess. I need you to know. Now, when did the symptoms first appear?
1: Uh, Maybe Friday?
0: Friday. Was that morning or afternoon? I I don't... Think woman who blew their nose and when. Sheldon, relax. She doesn't have any symptoms. I'm sure she's not contagious. Oh, please. If influenza was only contagious after symptoms appear, it would have died out thousands of years ago. Somewhere between tool-using and cave-painting, Homo habilis would have figured out to kill the guy with the runny nose. Penny, you'll have to excuse Sheldon. He's a bit of a germaphobe.
1: Oh, it's okay. I understand.
0: Thanks for your consideration. Now, please leave. You'd better go before he starts spraying you with Lysol.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for getting my mail.
0: No problem. Welcome home.
1: I, I admit that at our house for a while, that was Lori. It's, it's the truth of it. When you have little kids uh, that begin to go to school and things like that, they bring home absolutely everything, and then they vomit it up all over the house. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's silly. Sheldon Cooper, he's, he's just kind of paranoid. And, and if you'll notice, they're like the, the, it's based in fear, right? He's afraid that he's going to get sick. That's all paranoia is, is based on. And uh, fear makes you do some crazy things. Well, I mean, Sheldon will do a whole lot of crazy things that are, well, he's kind of he's selfish anyway. Uh, but he, he does some crazy things, right? Like he's going to threaten to spray you down with Lysol because you came home sick. And, um, you know, he's, he's got his head and shirt over his nose and spraying Lysol. It's, it makes you do funny things, and it, it influences how you act around other people. I think if you're, if you're paranoid, and I confess that in my, in my deep, deeper and darker moments, I'm a little paranoid. Um, I said something, Jesse and I were having a conversation the other day, and uh, I don't know, what is what we said? And his response was, well, you're just overthinking that. And uh, I said, well, overthinking is my spiritual gift. So <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of rooted in paranoia and fear that I'm going to, to say something to offend somebody or embarrass myself or anybody else for that matter. But uh, so today I think, I think in this passage we're going to look at, and I th- I'm hoping I'm going to connect some things. I know sometimes that I take the long way around to get to where we're going. And so I'm just going to tell you what the point is today at the beginning, okay? Okay. So um, the point is, is that uh, we are often afraid. We are often afraid of things and people that aren't like us. And so that makes us do weird things. It makes us do unhelpful things to other people. And we can't do, we can't be unified like Jesus wants us to be unified if we are constantly afraid. And if we aren't unified like Jesus wants us to be unified, then we can't go out and do the things that Jesus wants us to do. Does that make sense? If we're not unified, we can't be what Jesus wants us to be. If we're not unified, we can't go out and do and do the mission that God has given to us. So that's kind of where we're going. I promise. Well, I hope it'll all make sense to us as we as we get there. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of this, uh, towards the end, actually, of this passage in John, which uh, is kind of his, called his farewell discourse. He's at the Lord's supper. He's like a Passover festival in the upper room with his disciples, and he's telling them a whole bunch of last things. And we looked at this last week, right? Um, Jesus says, I have loved you in the same way that the Father has loved me. And we talked a lot about um, how the way in which we are loved shapes how we go ahead and love other people. Um, and we said that you have been, whether you realize it or not, you have been loved well. And so as we are kind of living to that love and shaped by it, it, it Hopefully, sends us out to love others in the same way that we have been loved by Jesus. Well, we skipped ahead a couple of a um, uh, couple of uh, chapters, and we're in chapter 17. and And he begins um, he begins with this: he "says And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go." Uh, a little more than I anticipated. There, Holy Father, protect them in Your name that You have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. Now, this is this is really important. in John's, in John's Gospel. He is he is uh, stressing Jesus being one with the Father. He is stressing Jesus' divinity, because um, there's some people in the ancient world that would have uh, not not liked that whole concept, and there were some some fights over that kind of thing. But John is saying uh, he's he's making sure that we know that. That Jesus and the Father are one. And um, He wants wants us to be one as Him and the Father are one. Uh, I I think from the very beginning of things, uh, unity, right? That's kind of what we're, we're talking about. That from the very beginning of things, God wanted us to be unified. Like from the very creation, Right, he creates Adam and Eve, and everything is in unity. Like we have good relationships with each other, good relationships between Adam and Eve, and between Adam and Eve and God. And everything is good. And Adam and Eve, and all the plants and the animals too. Uh, but we decided that we knew better, right? And so we ate the the tree, and kind of broke that unity. Uh, so Jesus, I think, actually, uh, God's design. For creation, this unity that God has designed in creation is based in, in who God is. Uh, now we confess that God is like one, right? Uh, we have one God, but we also confess that God uh, confess that God exists in Father, Son, and Spirit. So God is one, but it's three, it's the Trinity. And I know that I've talked a lot about this lately, and it makes my head hurt to think about it. But something's really, really important in this. Where we have to start with absolutely everything, Uh, not just how, well, not just our theology, which is super important, by the way. Uh, It may not seem that way, but but it is. Uh, Where we start with our theology and where we start with who we are as the church and what we're supposed to do all has to start with who God is in his very basic nature. And so God exists as, as unity, right? Exists as Father, Son, and Spirit, and they are unified. They move in a well in a unity of purpose and mission, Uh, a a, a unity of love for each other. And I said this last week: the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and the Father loves the Son, and and the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Son and the Father, and it just goes round and round. That's who God is. But in the midst of that unity, uh, it's not uniformity. I want to kind of make a a, a distinction here, Uh, that God is one, but because God is also Father, Son, and Spirit, that God is kind of diverse, right? And I think we look at our world, and we say from the very beginning, too, that unity and not uniformity is part of what creation is. Uh, If uniformity was what God wanted for us, uh, Adam and Eve wouldn't have been different from each other. If uniformity is what God wanted for us, then all of the zebras would have had the same stripe pattern, and leopards would have had the same spots in the same places, and there would only be one variety of tree and one variety of grass, and one all the flowers would look the same. I think it's I think it's super important for us to understand that unity. Unity means that we well that we value and embrace the diversity that is us, that is the creation, that is human race. And, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking uh, in narrowly, but everything, actually. Um, I think it's hard to get our head around this, but I think sometimes we have replaced unity with uniformity. I, honestly, I think this is the cause of a lot of our arguments, uh, because when we, don't, when we don't appreciate that we can be unified and different at the same time, well, well that makes us fight each other. Uh, we're selfish. Uh, it may not seem like this on the surface, but that's what's going on. We, we want uniformity because we are selfish and afraid. We're paranoid, too. We want everyone else to be exactly like us because we are scared of what we don't understand. We're the scared of the things that aren't like us, that don't look like us, that don't think like us, that don't act like us, and that don't vote like us. And so we make a big, big deal about the the differences that are to us, and we get we get scared because we are scared of the things we don't understand, the people, and things, and are different. And so that makes us do funny things. What God is calling us to, though, is unity is that we respect like, the, the difference in between who we are. I, 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 think, I think some of the reasons we, we don't want uh, uni- unity, and we want uniformity instead, is because that, that keeps us, well, we don't have to deal with the differences in a loving and kind and graceful manner. It, it means that we can look at someone else who is different, or acts different, or thinks different, or believes different. I'm not saying anything goes. I'm not saying it's all open for business. But it means that we have to look at people and say, you are different from me, but you are still created in the image of God. And God still loves you in the way that he has been loved by the Father. Well, uh, I changed a whole lot of things in this this morning that are out of order. And so there's like scribbles. So if I'm a little, a little disoriented, it's because, it's because of that. You try to preach sometime. Uh. <laughs> the world doesn't want unity because if we are unified or truly unified as Jesus and the Father are unified, we'd have to face the difference that exists between us and we'd have to navigate that difference with grace and love which would mean us being a little less selfish. Uh, So we're scared because we don't want to accept what is good and different in others, and fear makes us do weird things. Fear causes us to, well, just... Honestly, it causes, causes us to look at other people and not think that they're human. To see them as things, or brutes, or beasts, or whatever. And humanity is full of that in our history. Christ wants us to be unified. Unified that it's a unity that accepts and embraces the differences within us. Talking within the church, big church, what we believe. Uh, the guy who founded our denomination said this, and I actually think he stole it from somewhere else, but nobody ever notices that. He said, unity, in, in essentials, unity, in all else, Charity. So when we are in the body of believers, we have to identify what those essentials are. And the rest of it, we kind of we'll say, well, you can believe that. It doesn't matter for your salvation. Uh, and just kind of let it be. But unity is what God wants us to, to have that respects this diversity. And like I said at the very beginning, like it, it matters because if we aren't unified, then we can't be sent out like Jesus wants us to be sent out. One of the things that, that I, uh, I fear with the gospel of John, it's so dense, and this section specifically is so rich in things that it's hard to kind of narrow things down. And so I chose one thing at the beginning and at the end that seemed to make sense of this passage. And so we're gonna skip all the way down to verse 18. And Jesus says, as you have sent me, and so he's praying at this point, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Our our call to be unified as the church, as the people of God, our call to be unified as humanity, really, uh, enables us to go out and do the things that God has called us to do. Now, okay, so I think we need to flip down to, actually, we need to go back in the story, back in John's Gospel to chapter 3. This should all be familiar to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not, ha- may, have, may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Everybody, like, that's like one of the most memorized verses in the history of Bible verses, right? And, and it's, it's for good reason. Like it, it tells us why Jesus is sent into the world. He is sent because God loves the world so much that he gave up this big part of himself for our salvation. Now, uh, I want to change this verse. Now, don't, like, this isn't, like, blasphemy or anything, but I've put us kind of in the middle of this verse. Change it up a little bit. For Jesus, who is one with the Father, so loved the world that he sent his followers, the church, into the world so that everyone who believes in Jesus may not perish but have eternal life Indeed, God did not send the church into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might find salvation in Jesus through the church. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. I think we have to look at this, though, in the context of the entire story of the Gospels. Like Jesus doesn't just come to die, Right? He doesn't just come to save us from a fiery eternity in hell, but he does some very concrete things in his world. He heals a whole bunch of people. He sets some people free from things that captivate them, uh, demons and whatnot. Uh, he gives people uh, their place back in society like we, well, we're going to look at it in a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, like the lady who had a bleeding problem, she just wanted to touch the hem of this thing and she was excluded completely from society for her, for her malady. Cleanses a whole bunch of leopards who were, had to you know be so separated. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. That We are called, and now I, I don't know, none of you can cast out demons, can you? No. It's worth a shot. Uh, like not that we're going to be always be able to do the things that, that Jesus did on this earth um, but we are called not just to proclaim the good news of salvation for all but that we are pr- called to proclaim the good news of wholeness and restoration that as the Father sends us we are to go out into the world and do the same kinds of things that Jesus did when he was here. We can't go and do the mission that God has given us unless we are unified in the way that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are unified. I think our unity and our sending are intimately connected. This is is God's hope and will for us. It all begins with who God is and we are called to be like God in this way. Now, I'm not sure where we start with unity. I feel, like, I feel like these days we have invented new ways of being not unified, of being dis- disunity? I don't know. Dissociated? Thank you for my vocabulary lesson. Like We, we, have, we have invented new ways of... of not working towards unity. We have developed new ways of not respecting the differences that exist in, in other people. So where do I think we start as the church? Now, I don't think we're a particularly divided church, right? We're, we're not. You guys are beautiful compared to some churches I've been with. Uh, yeah, you, you are. You're, you're amazing. Uh, but here's where I think it starts. I think it starts that when we have disagreements within the church that when we disagree maybe about a bit of uh, theology or practice that that isn't really essential that we look at each other and say you are created in the image of God and because God loves you I love you too that when we disagree about politics cuz we will that we look at the other person and say, you are a beloved creation of God. You are created in the image of God, and I love you. I think that's the good place to start, right? Because what it does is it reminds us of the other person's humanity. It reminds us that you are a person who is created in the image of God. I see, it all comes back to who God is, right? Who God is determines who we should be, how we should love, how we should interact with each other, what we should do in the world. I wonder too, um, see I really think that this is like a discipleship issue. I, I think that at, at the end of the day, there are a lot of voices that are screaming at us uh, to not see each other as people who've been created in the image of God. That tell us over and over again that you need to fear that person, or the person who thinks this particular way, or the person who votes this particular way, or looks a particular way. Everywhere, I, I wonder. I wonder what it'd be like if we maybe spent a little less time listening to those voices, because you're going to be discipled like a. To disciple someone is to make them become a follower of something, right? So Jesus had disciples. They were learning to be followers of Jesus Christ. You are going to be discipled by the voices that you listen most to. I wonder if in our attempts at unity here at at church, and our ability to be maybe unified with people outside, to do the mission that God has wanted us to do, if we need to listen a little bit more to the voice of God. And that's not just reading your Bible. It's not just coming to church. That's sitting in prayer quietly while you're not talking, but you're listening. I wonder too, I mean, like it's not enough to increase our availability to what God is saying to us. I wonder if maybe, maybe we turn the cable news off. Or maybe we turn off talk radio. And maybe you get off the Facebook. (laughs) What's that? Geriatric millennials? Yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm a geriatric millennial. Go look it up. Oh, yes, it's true. Okay, get off Facebook except for Sundays between 10 and noon. Oh, You get what I'm saying, though. There, you can spend hours on, on social media listening to voices that are constantly telling you that the other person is someone to be feared. And, and I spend a lot of time, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but I, but I, have, I belong to some, like, Christian like pastor Facebook groups, and it's the worst there. That's sad. Like, it's, it's, it's the worst when Christians do this to each other. Oh, it's just, it is maddening. I think it's why I'm on blood pressure medicine. Not really. Bad genetics. I wonder... What, we've been asking ourselves over and over and over again the last couple of months what it is that God is calling us to do. What does it look like for us to be the people of God in the city of Fulton and Callaway County? And we can't do that. I don't know if we... I know what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to be unified, like God is unified. And he's calling us to go out. He is sending us out in the same way that Christ was sent into the world. Now, next week is Pentecost. That's an important part of this, like the power of the Holy Spirit. That's kind of how Jesus sends us out. I wonder if this week, I wonder if this week that every time that you enter into a disagreement with somebody, in your family, at work, that you would say to yourself, You, you can say it to them too, I don't know. That might not go over well. You are a beloved creature of God, created in the image of God, and I love you. I wonder if we might say that every time we are are, are tempted to think or told by someone else that we are to fear somebody else. Now there's healthy fear, right? I get that. I wonder if that might be our practice this week. Wow, every day, every year, all year, every year. I wonder if that might be a practice that shapes us into a people who are unified so that we can be sent out in the power of the Holy Spirit to do what Christ has done, to work, to participate along the mission of God. Uh, I can't think of no better way to end than to receive the Lord's Supper because it reminds us in pretty explicit ways, like what Jesus was sent to do, death and resurrection. And we say some words every week. We say some words every week, and there is one line in it that goes like this. Uh, Set aside the fact that we have individual servings. Because there is one loaf, though we be many, are one church, or something like that. I'll get it right when I look at it. The gist of it is that, that, that we are part of something that is unified, even though we are different from each other, even though we were individuals. And, and when we say these words and when we eat the bread and drink the juice, we are asking, we are committing ourselves to being one with each other in the same way that Jesus is one with the Father and the Spirit and we are committing ourselves to being sent in the same way that Christ was sent into the world now this week's a little bit different um, we 've got like not the peel and eat jesus uh, the individual servings because uh, they 're expensive, but we do have individual it's ter- they're still terrible bread it's but uh Individual like I'm going to have a tray with a cup of juice with the with the juice and one with the bread. So you'll take two cups. Um, And if you really, really want the individually packaged ones, we have those. You can we'll get it to you. Uh, Let's pray. Actually, the Lord, thank you for your word and for the richness of it. Forgive us for, well, for not understanding it sometimes and failing to communicate it in the best possible way. Lord, forgive us for being discipled by some really loud voices that that just aren't from you. Lord, help us as we go forward to listen more and more to your voice and to turn down or turn off those other voices. That would have us believe that uniformity is better than unity. That the variety that you have placed in this world is not something to be celebrated, but something to be feared. Lord, help us to be one as you are one. Lord, help us to, so that we may go out and participate in your mission in the world and the power of your holy spirit. Well, help us as we go in our week this week help us as we enter into conversations and arguments that we might be continually remem- reminded that the person we are engaged in with is someone who is a beloved creation who is created in your image who is loved in the same way that you love the Father and the Spirit? or as we receive this meal, help it to work its way in us, in a way that's beyond our imagination, that, that it might strengthen us to love, that it might strengthen us to be sent out into the world thank you for your patience with us. Praise the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.